Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. You understand? Come on, Peter. Here's your suit. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm gonna take care of you? But when you die. And she wasn't altogether there. At the end. stress on my family. Hello and welcome to Bella Lugosi is Undead. I'm AJ. And I'm Suki Ryan. And we're going to go ahead and talk about one of our favorite films of all time. Really the first film we ever podcasted about, right? Yes, I think it was, like way back in the OG podcast. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Hereditary, 2018 film from Ari Aster, starring Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, Alex Wolf, and Dowd. Super dope cast, super dope mm-hmm. film, and just, like, all-around horrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, what was the circumstances in which you saw Hereditary? I'm going to be honest. Like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, actually, I was telling AJ before we started recording... I've seen this movie like 10 times and I don't rewatch movies. Anyone that wants to sit down and watch horror movies with me, I make them watch Hereditary. Anyone I've ever dated, I make them watch Hereditary. Like, so this is like the cornerstone of my horror movie film. So basically, I saw the preview and I was like, oh my God, that movie's going to be so silly. And then AJ's like saw the preview and he's like the eternal optimist and he's like, no, dude, it looks fucking dope. Like,. <laughs> And I was like, okay, fine, like, I'll give it a shot. And I went in, and, like, this horror movie is a theater horror movie. I, Mm -hmm. like, you'll never be able to, like, hopefully maybe they'll do, like, minor releases or something because it's so good. But they were, the theater experience was amazing. What they did with the sound effects, with the tongue clicks and the scribbling like, as you're watching the movie, there's a scene where there's, like, uh, the ghost or the demon is, like, scribbling behind your head, and only the speaker's behind you, and you feel like it's, like, right behind you. <laughs> like, so, I it was just such an amazing experience to watch this movie, and I was, like, instantly in love. Um, and once we go through the plot, like, I, as a mental health practitioner, like, this movie is, like, a, a perfect depiction of, like, a grieving family, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, witchy and horrifying. <laughs> well, and, and there's a couple things to touch on. So, first of all, I 100% agree with you that being mm-hmm. in the theater for this movie remains one of my all-time favorite experiences. For, for any movie yeah. I've ever seen, and I've seen, you know, hundreds of movies, thousands yes. of movies in theaters. Probably and, thousands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hereditary, the, the, the night that I saw it was the opening night. It was the Thursday night midnight showing. I saw it wow. at Universal Studios. I saw it at CityWalk. Dude, 
with a couple of my friends from work because at the time I was working at Universal. And we walked in and we saw this movie and the theater, everybody was like aware of what they were kind of about to see. But when there's like the certain turns in the movie, the whole thing just completely upended everybody's expectation. And I just remember sitting there thinking when the big like thing happens at the end of the first act, like the, 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 the exclamation point at the end of what I would consider act one. I was just like, where where do we go? Like, where does this movie go from here? And the theater reacted the same way. It was just like, oh, my God. And I just remember how scary it was. I remember people – you couldn't tell what the clicks were, whether they were in the movie. Or at a certain point, I think people started trying to screw with their friends and do it. And it worked (laughs) every time. It worked every time. And I don't think I've ever seen a a single moment that, like – I guess like washed over a crowd yeah. like in the final in the final like 10 minutes the yeah. shot when Alex Wolf wakes up in the bed and there's something in the corner of the room and when yes. when, when when it just like when people start to realize that Tony I'm Collette, getting goosebumps right now yeah like, when Tony Collette is up in the corner of that room <laughs> yeah. it was like you could you could hear people realizing she was there like throughout the crowd slowly and it was yeah. so horrifying and I, I think that's the thing – part of what I love about Hereditary is that it is such a, an uncompromising film. I think it's one of the top 20 horror films ever made. Like, today, oh. we can go ahead and mail that into the Hall of Fame, right? Yes, yes. Easily in the Hall of Fame as a horror movie. Um, and I don't know for a, a general if we're talking about, like, the scenes yet or not, but, like, when that, that first act punctuation point – like, I was like, they're not going to show it. They're not going to show it. Like, they're and then they do. not going to show it. And then they fucking show it, and you're like, oh, my God. that's I, I in the movie, I was like, what? Like, I can't well, believe they did that. Like, <laughs> and, and, and so, I mean, we don't really need to beat around the bush about it, because right. I think that Hereditary now being almost five years old, yeah. people who are interested in this movie have likely already seen it, and other people yes. are probably too scared out of their dang minds to even, like, <laughs> get past the first half hour. Yeah. My, when, my last when, 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 when they showed Charlie's head on the freaking yeah. side of the road covered in ants. Oh, my God. Covered it, in ants. It, it's one of the most disturbing single images in any movie I've ever seen, period. Like, it like, is, like, burned. I see it in my head. It's, like, burned into your mind. Because, like, there's, like – because, like, what they do – what he does so well – is he attaches you to the trauma of that incident where, like, Tony Collette comes out and she's like, all right, I'm going out. I'm going to start my normal day. I'll see you later. Like, and she just goes into the car and is, like, horrified and, like, grieving. And you can, like, she does such a good job of, like, showing true, like, absolute depth of grief, right? 100%. And, like, some people are like, and she's like, oh, she overacts too much. And I'm like, what? No, this is what, like, a me- like that situation, this is like a mother. Like, Do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is exactly how a mother would react in these situations. And so the, you feel in that movie, those mirror neurons go off, and you feel that pain. And then all of a sudden, they're like, no, bitch, this is a horror movie. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it is, I think, and I, I think the easiest way to go ahead and just talk about it is when... Ari Aster was going around pitching the movie. He said it was a family tragedy that curdles into a nightmare. And I oh. think that is the you perfect know. description of this movie. Is Absolutely. They it. force you to sit in the worst possible thing that could happen to a family. That one oh child indirectly causes the death of the other child. In right. such a – in the most horrific way possible. Right. Horrific, horrific, traumatic, like, and, event in a family. And, and, and that would destroy most families. There are so oh many movies God, yeah. in film history that are about this very thing right. that, like, I think a great example is Ordinary People. It won Best mm-hmm. Picture in the 1980s. It beat Raging yeah. Bull. It's about a son survives uh, essentially a drowning while the other son oh. dies. And the family can't oh. live with it, and it destroys the family over right. time. And right. that is what Hereditary is, and its heart is a movie yeah. about a family where one child kills the other child, and how do you move on? Right. Except yeah, grief. the thing that Ari Aster adds <laughs> on to it is a Rosemary's Baby cult is trying yeah. to bring the devil back. It's oh trying, trying to bring back one of the kings of hell. 
Okay, hold on. We gotta we gotta do our our ninety second bit because <laughs> like we gotta right. start talking about this movie. So great, um, great point. Great I picked the movie. Let's yeah, go ahead and do I it. Okay, so Ryan, do you think you can give a ninety second plot description of Hereditary? <laughs> It'll be extremely challenging, but I will do my best. Okay. All right, give me the timer. All right, give me. Whenever you're ready to go. Okay, ready, set, go. So the movie opens up, and it is the uh, Tony Collette's mother's funeral, and there's clearly some sort of strange relationship. She describes that, um, you know, she had a weird relationship with her sons and her and her husband, and this, and there's so many people at this wet, at this funeral. <laughs> and then she goes on, and they're living their normal lives. And the son, he wants to go to this party because the girl he has a crush on will be at the party. He goes to the party. He starts to get high. His um, his little sister has a peanut allergy. They go out, and they start to – she's like, go eat this cake. She eats the cake, and she starts having an allergic reaction, and she can't breathe. And they're driving down the road, and all of a sudden they hit a pole, and it pops her head off. Tony Collette comes out, and he's like, drive, son drives home. And Tony Collette comes out, sees this, like, horrifying scene. They are grieving, grieving, grieving. Mother can't forgive the son. There's all this weird witchy stuff going on. This woman comes out, and she starts to show her that she went to a seance and had this, like, she can talk to her son. She gives these Latin words to read. Never read Latin words. Um, and then she goes out and, like, has this, like, whole uh, seance. And all of a sudden, it just seems like that the um, Tony Collette is being like possessed or something, and she's and her, you know, the husband gets ah, Tim Murphy's murdered, goes out, Tony Collette cuts off her head, and now we have three dead uh, matriarchs in the family, and Charlie is now in the body of um, I forget the name of the son, and then she, you can tell because he has the same affects, and he does the tongue click. And they all yell, hell, payment. Payment is now in the body of the sun. Right. So you remember my, my first <laughs> that was not seconds. a very good job. <laughs> That's okay. But that, honestly, like, I, I think it was a pretty good job, first of all, considering how much There's ground so much there is I to cover to in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you went over by like 15 seconds, but I think we can all live with that. Because <laughs> sure. we did get really into the details on it. And yes, and this sure. is a cult movie, and, and it's a family tragedy, yeah. and it's all of these things at once. And, oh my god, it's so much going on, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why it is ultimately a fairly rewatchable film, because... Oh, yeah. There's so many pieces that show up, so the the reason I bring up the, the funeral, the people in the funeral are part of the, are part of the cult. Mm -hmm. The people in the grief group that she goes to are part of the cult. Like... Yeah, it, every, it, it, like, it is a total, like... You want to be suspicious of everybody on screen every time you see the movie after that first time, but it is still so absurd to think that this these family members are all being controlled in some way. And yeah. you're like, no, 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 these are people who have total control over their life and their bodies and no. their future, and they're de they don't. They are right. doomed to walk this path where they are all going to die in yes. the most horrific ways possible. Right. Yeah, and I guess, like, bringing, like, magic into it, like, magic with a K, um, like, the idea of magic is that you can, you can change the, the will and the forces around you to be able to create a, your own reality, mm -hmm. right? And Ari Aster understands that, like, quote-unquote magic, and, and this movie is about, not only about, like, demons and grief, and also there's this other piece of, like, fatalism, versus free will right yeah and how this cult has has created a fatalistic experience so that they can summon a, a demon <laughs> like yeah and there's also something else to be said that even if you just take this movie metaphorically that mm -hmm. it is a movie about the things we inherit from our parents and the literal yes. in this case that he literalizes the demons but yeah i mean as as somebody who is the son of an alcoholic of somebody yep who has seen that in his family, you know, right. these are things that I have to worry about in my life. Yeah. And yeah. depression and bipolar disorder are things that get passed down between families. Right. You literally inherit these things. And so yeah. the way that Aster plays it, a lot of the movie could be seen as this family having just simple mental health issues that they are not yeah. addressing. 
And and yeah, you, no, you could I, read the whole movie that way because Tony Collette's father also had some crazy right. like he starved himself to death and yes. her brother, her brother say, committed suicide right. saying that like her mother was putting demons in him, you know? <laughs> and, and all these things sound like mental health issues that a family continues yes. to leave unaddressed. And Absolutely. then Ari Aster's like, maybe, but also <laughs> But also demons are real. <laughs> but also, the grandmother is what is it? Is Actually, Queen Lee? Yeah. Queen yeah, Lee, Lee. She's yeah. the leader of a coven. Yeah, there's like, yeah, hey, Payman, we're gonna give him yeah. a body. But that is the metaphor, right? Like hereditary, that the generational trauma, like mm-hmm. the the generational trauma is, um, it's like it's not like hard set in stone, but theoretically lasts for three generations. Right. Exactly. And so you have like this three generations of of, um, you know, generational trauma. We have the grandmother, mm-hmm. the mother and the daughter all beheaded. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like just such a like there's so many layers to this movie. We can we, we, we try to keep it concise. So <laughs> Yeah. So some of the things to just kind of keep in mind. So Ari Aster, who comes out of this movie, he this is his directorial debut of a feature film. The movie wow. premiered at Sundance Film Festival and was just a wild, like, raucous crowd. And then later wow. played at South by Southwest, same deal. So wow. there were rumors within the horror community that this was, like, the one for everybody to watch out for. So oh, when Ryan yeah. was saying, AJ told, watched the trailer and said, yo, this is going to be a real one, go see this movie, I yeah. already heard these rumblings. Yeah. And this was, like, the horror movie of the year. And so yeah. I, I'm not going to pretend that I had some insight based on some trailer. It, it was definitely <laughs> the, the rumblings of this movie playing out the – like just blowing the roof off of the festivals is what I had heard and, and why I thought this was like one we had to watch. Yeah, which like I'm so glad the trailer did what it did because there's so many horror movies out there that are like, this is what the movie's about. Here's the jump scares. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, you had no idea what Hereditary was about from the trailer. You had literally no idea. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, like, when you start to hear of Ari Aster's influences, it kind of makes more sense. So mm-hmm. he had written nine features after he graduated AFI Film School in wow. 2010. Nothing had gone. He worked wow. for seven years trying to get a movie made. Nothing would wow. go. He made a couple wow. shorts. They caught some attention. But it was ultimately mm-hmm. Hereditary that ends up becoming his first movie to go. And yeah. he said in interviews that he was frankly a little, a, a little skeptical he would ever get a movie made, and wow. specifically oh. like, like he chose <laughs> he chose horror because he knew it was a way for him to get a movie made. He said it was a somewhat yeah. cynical choice to begin with, but then yeah. he sat down and he thought about all of the movies that he loved, and yeah. tried to bring them to life. So he wanted to bring them oh. to life, as he put it, a Mike Lee movie. Uh, yeah. which Mike Lee writes, like, horrifically sad family dramas. Like, they're, okay. they're, they're amazingly great movies, but they are sure. rip-your-heart-out movies. And then oh. he also wanted to have his influences Don't Look Now, Rosemary's Baby, Psycho, yeah. and Night of the Hunter. Yeah. And if you've seen yeah. any of those four movies, the influence is obvious. Um, oh, yes. Yes, Psycho Rosemary in particular. Rosemary's Baby is obviously being, like, the most obvious. Like... <laughs> yeah, Ro- Ro- Rosemary's Baby stands out the most. Um, Psycho, mm-hmm. obviously, you, you completely up, upend the entire movie at one point. Yes. And then, <laughs> Don't Look Now, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Ryan, it is about a I family, haven't. it's about a family who has to deal with a daughter who drowns in a lake. Oh, And yeah. about the husband and wife and how they're trying to move forward. So, the influences are very, very obvious, I'm like tearing up hearing all this because I'm like, <laughs> like, but, but but talking about that, like Ari Aster, um, the piece, it like hurts my stomach. Like I feel like this sadness in my stomach that like he would not, he may not have made horror movies. Like we need Ari Aster in the horror community. Like his oh, movies sure. are just so good. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it makes me, so, it's so cool that like he tried so hard and horror is an entry for so many great directors to be able to come out and make these movies. Like, I love that about our community. Yeah, I think Aster's a great example of the, the, the trend that has started between Get Out in 2017 all the way to today, right. where we have, you know, Jordan Peele breaks through in horror, and you have Ari Aster breaks through in horror, and you have Robert Eggers breaks through in horror, and yeah. you have John Krasinski breaks through in horror. 
Right. I would say, honestly, the trains off the station at this point, there are some directors that are just now trying to get into it that I'm like, okay, yeah. you, you, you missed the train like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're but, trying too hard, bro. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe it's a little too cynical at this point. But there's this yeah. just stretch from 2017 to 2020 where it felt like every few months we were having another great director like emerge because of their horror movie that they made that they finally got to make okay where do we go from here age well let's see so one of the other things that i think really stands out about hereditary and i think part of the reason why it is so rewatchable is because of how immaculate the craft in the movie is beyond all of the great relationships that are on screen you have this like um, incredible world that astor builds yeah and that's a lot of that is with the production designer he the production designer honestly had to make, according to Aster, had to go out. He had to build all the sets. He then also had to build all the miniatures for all of the sets. Oh, God. <laughs> and they had to match. So it was yeah. like this crazy scenario where they're going back and forth and back and forth. Right. Having to create all that stuff. It just seems like a nightmare. The actual yeah. outside of the house was a real house, but the insides okay. of all of the houses, were, and as well as the tree houses, were all yeah. built on sets. Yeah, they're all built on sets. Uh, well, the way built... they film it, it has to be. How do you, like, pan from one room to another? Like... <laughs> right, they, they, they literally had to, like, pull apart the sets and, like, that way the camera could go oh. in and out in between rooms and stuff like that and oh. help set up, like, the chase scenes and all of that stuff. Yeah. Some of the ones, so I, I coming in here, the scene where, like, where this the it's behind you, they're scribbling, and, like, it's, it's a strange shot where, like, it pans with the person walking, but from overhead. It's like it's like almost from like the audience's view. Like that was such a cool, innovative shot that like I don't think people really talk about. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, a hundred percent. And then there's also the, yeah. the there's the scene where I mean, frankly, the first shot of the movie is starts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the outside of the dollhouse and slowly yes. zooms into the dollhouse, and all of wow, a sudden we're in incredible. the we're we're in the movie. Uh, so, right. huge shout out to Grace Yoon who direct who yeah. does all the production design, and Richard T. Olson who did all the art direction. The two of them mm-hmm. like insane, and, and just mm. absolutely insanely good stuff. Right. Um, and then also you have to shout out uh, Paolo Porjeski. Uh, I totally mm-hmm. just butchered his name. He's the DP, the cinematographer. <laughs> he yeah. has gone on to shoot some like great stuff uh, in addition to. Uh, Midsommar, and he directed, oh, wow. uh, and he did um, Nobody. He's he's somebody who we should all be keeping an eye on. He's probably going to get yeah. some Oscar nominations in the near future. We're going to have to like give Midsommar a little like a little breathing room from that, so we can't do back to back Ari Aster. But that's another fantastic movie. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, no, it's just a really strong crew that works together and and just like got his vision. And as Aster is putting it, he basically went through the shot list in his head. He had every, like, shot already in his mind. And wow. then over three weeks, he sat down with the cinematographer, with Powell, and with yeah. the uh, with the set designers, Grace, and, and they went through for five hours a day going wow. through the sets. What's even cooler is he didn't show them horror movies as reference. He showed them, yeah. like, non-horror, more, like, relatable movies, like the Meg oh, Mike I love movies. That. And yeah. In the Bedroom is another big one that he referenced, which also yeah. has, like, a first-act tragedy that then the rest of the uh, movie has to live with. And that movie yeah. also got nominated for Best Picture. A lot wow. of the movies that he's drawing from are Best Picture nominees and winners for a reason. Oh. And the fact that yeah. Hereditary is not one is actually, still to this day, one of the things that makes me angriest about the Academy Awards. I know yeah, they, that they we don't, don't respect the horror. <laughs> I know that they don't respect horror. And as somebody who has covered the Oscars extensively, I didn't expect them to. But the fact that sure. this movie got so ignored is just still to this day, just absolutely mind blowing. Right, like there's so, like this is like this is like legitimate. I there's a difference between movies and cinema. Like <laughs> like this is like a movie. Like this is this is a movie about grief and trauma, and then it's a horror movie, right? Like do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like a horror movie that has some grief and trauma. Like this is like a real movie. Of that has like real people in it, you know what I mean? Like, hundred percent. 
So it's it's just yeah, I, I really that's really frustrating that like it didn't even get like nominated for anything or even considered for anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, luckily there were places where it was able to get nominations. So first yeah. of all, I'm gonna go ahead and plug our own website. We bought a blog dot com. Um there I was all over this movie when the film released. Yeah. yeah. Just absolutely loved it. Let me see how many awards I ended up giving it. I know for a fact that I nominated all over the place. Uh, Tony yeah. Collette is my personal winner in lead actress. Oh, yeah. Mo yeah. Shapiro, who plays the little girl, mm, uh, who, who, yeah. who, who plays Charlie, she is in my supporting yeah. actress nominees. Well, yeah. The other thing about Millie Shapiro is that they took her off of like, – this is her first film role, but she had wow. previously won a Tony. She was wow. one of the girls who played Matilda in Matilda the Musical on Broadway. But because wow. they use children, they cast multiple people. And so she yeah. was part of a rotation of four girls, but they won the Tony as a collective group. Wow. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. She's, like, talented. Like, <laughs> yeah. As I put it, she's got her own corner in the Creepy Kids Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, it is, is just true. so unsettling. She is probably the creepiest of creepy kids. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's not even a question yeah. to me. Like, it is so – she's so good in this yes. movie. And it's why you get so sucked into her immediately. Like, oh, there's something wrong with this girl when she, like, yeah. cuts off the dove's head. When she I says know. the line about who's going to take care of me when you're dead is so yes. upsetting. Even after she passes, when you mm-hmm. see her standing in the corner of the room one time – Yes. Just the way she is standing is so depressing and sad and upsetting. Yes. Yes. It is just unreal. Now, I, I think the other thing is Toni Collette. I, I think that she mm. just gives this all-time performance. Oh, my God. She killed it. That is just, like, otherworldly. That year, yeah. she led critics groups in wins. Mm. So even wow. though critics around the country were just like, take it. Take all of our awards. You can take yes. all of them. She, she, she won more than 20 awards. For wow. best actress that year, and that's wow. why I get so frustrated with the Oscars being like, "No, nah, we good." <laughs> Who won that year? The actress who ends up winning was actually my runner-up was Olivia Coleman. So I, I can't say it was a bad win. That who they ended up yeah. giving it to. It seemed like it was going to be Glenn Close for the wife, which frankly would have been yeah. a really sad and upsetting win in terms <laughs> of it would have just been like the most blah win for an actress who has been great. Yeah. But it would have been like her it was like her eighth nomination, so everyone thought she was gonna oh, win and then she so lost. It would have been like a, a gimme like <laughs> Yes, it would have been a career achievement award essentially. Yeah. But in a competitive category and Instead, Olivia Coleman wins, which I had no issues with, but Tony Collette should have still been our winner. If she had been nominated, yeah. she, she would have won, I think. That was – it's just such a good depiction of a mother grieving. And, like, the anger that she shows in this movie is palpable and, like, so real. Like, this inability to hold in those emotions and be able to co-regulate with her family. Like, she can't do it. Like, her husband is trying to, like – connect with her and she can't connect because her emotions are just so big in her body and she like personified that so well throughout the entire movie even when she's like excited about uh charlie coming in like she's like we're gonna do these seances we're gonna do these seances. come on come on come on come on it's like this like urgency right like I, I need to heal this wound. I need to, like, fix this. I can't live with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so perfect. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, frankly, it's just incredible stuff. Is there anybody else you want to bring up? Oh, Alex Wolf. We have to talk about him. So, oh, yeah. Alex Wolf, who plays Peter the son, he also gives just what was, at the time, I mostly knew him from the Naked Brothers Band, like on Nickelodeon. Okay. Like, I did not sure. really know... <laughs> Much about Alex Wolf. He had been in a couple, like, teen drama comedies. But from what I understand, this is, like, his first big role that he took super seriously. He ended up doing a lot of effects practically. He would, like, when he slams his head into the desk, he does that. What? Like, oh, my god. He also had to slam his head just right because of the blood packets to make his nose oh, bleed. Oh, wow. But if you notice, when he stands up, his knee is also randomly bleeding. It's because oh, wow. when he, he did it so hard... That when he got up out of the chair, he actually scratched his knee, and that's real blood. Wow. Wow, what an awesome shot. Yeah, and according to Ari Aster, he had both him and Millie Shapiro go into Utah towns to just go do uh-huh. things as if they were brother and sister. And Millie oh. Shapiro would just, like, not talk. And Alex Wolf was like, it was very frustrating. There was, like, actual resentment <laughs> built between yeah. them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, when, like, some of the interactions between them are honestly kind of real. And yeah. he also, Alex Wolf also played it a little method, which, mm. you know, say what you will, I don't love when actors go method. When they like, commit so fully that they're yes. like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> the Jared Leto stuff is the worst one. The obviously. Jared Leto stuff recent, like, what pooped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Jared Leto stuff, if you want to look it up, go look it up. And it's horrific what he yeah. did on the set of Suicide Squad to his castmates. But yeah. uh, in Alex Wolf's case, it's a little bit more forgivable. He's just like, I'm going to mostly isolate myself for two months. So I look alone and I look sad yeah. and I stay up late at night. And he says that it, like, psychologically affected him. That he had a wow. lot of depression during filming the movie, and that he couldn't sleep. And so, like, uh, again, you can read that on his face. Jeez. Oh, yeah, you can. It's palpable. You can feel all – in this entire movie, you can feel all the emotions. Even – we haven't even mentioned the husband. You can feel this husband trying mm-hmm. to grieve with his family and, like, trying to keep his family together. And it's, like, it's so painful to him to not only have lost his daughter, but watch him, like, lose his wife. Yeah. Like, lose his son. Yeah, and, like, and, and he's just so sad. He's trying to, like, keep it together, and he, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne, who is an excellent actor, probably yeah. best known for The Usual Suspects and Miller's Crossing, when he's, like, the sure. fifth best part of your movie, you know you're just, like, <laughs> cooking with gas. Right? Oh, my He's very good. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, the other person who we have to shout out is Endowed. Um, who who plays the lady who actually makes contact with Tony Collette in the second half of the movie and right. gets her to start going to group and then oh my gosh there's so much to talk about <laughs> yeah and, and Dowd would actually like later that year win an Emmy for her role on The Handmaid's Tale wow where she is also horrifying and scary <laughs> creepy lady. Like, yeah, I mean, she's not like, the, she, Anne Dowd had this, like, great career up to that point, where she kept doing this, like, yeah. great character actress work, but nobody was recognizing her. She was in The Leftovers, she was in, talk about the Depression, uh, she was in the, obviously <laughs> The Handmaid's Tale, she's in True Detective, she was in this uh, little movie called Compliance in 2012 that's really good, and she's very, very, very good in it, and so she gets approached to be in this movie, uh, according yeah. to GQ, she was like, no, I'm not going to be in this movie. I saw The Exorcist when I was a child. I'm, I, I'm a Catholic woman. I'm not going to do this. And they, 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 pushed her, they pushed her to do it again. And she's like, okay, fine. I, I will do this movie. But she had to get a promise from Ari Aster that there would be, like, no bile coming out of her body, that she wouldn't be, like, some gross or possessed creature at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and even in the final scene no, of the movie... Be like the, like... You'll be the matriarch of the cult after the leader dies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then even in the final scene of the movie with the payment stuff, she's yeah. like a devout Catholic. And so she was like in between takes saying prayers to actual God to be like, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. This is just a job. <laughs> like. Hell, payment. She's like leading the chant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then GQ did an interview with her as part of the press for The Handmaid's Tale when she was on her way up to, to, to win that award. And apparently yeah. somebody came up to them while they were doing the profile and was like, oh, my God, are you in Hereditary? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> do you like it? And she's like, oh, my – the person was like, oh, my God, I love it. And then she turns to the interviewer after the guy leaves, and she goes, I haven't watched yeah. it yet. It was like a year oh after gosh. the movie came out. And she's like, I can't, she's like, I can't watch my own movie because it, it, it's too scary. Like, it would be too it scary. Is. Yeah, I was going to say, my the last partner I had that I had them watch it, they were literally shaking after watching it. They're like, I can't talk about it. We're going to have to talk about it tomorrow because, like, I have to – I just I just can't talk about it. Like, they were, like, shaking. Visceral fear in their body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's an upsetting movie. There's also apparently a three-hour cut that exists to this movie. I like the idea of that more than I like the actual – existence of it if that makes sense sure have you seen it yeah i've not seen the three-hour cut and oh, i'd love to from see what, what they i understand added. from what i understand ari aster does not think it's the best cut available he thinks that mm. like, it's basically just more texture within the family more conversations okay. more discussions but yeah. not necessarily scary parts so oh, okay in, in an interview that I, he, he was didn't need it. yeah in an interview that i was listening to uh that he straight up said, I think this is the best cut of the movie, the one that I released. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. because that now makes three movies in a row that he's made a three-hour movie and then cut it down. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait, wait, what's the third movie? What's his third movie? So, so, uh, we were going to get there. Okay, okay. We are getting an Ari Aster film in 2022. It's called called Disappointment Boulevard. Okay. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix. It stars Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane, Patti Lapone, Michael Gandolfini, Parker Posey, and Zoe Lister-Jones. Now, from what yeah, I he's hear, like getting like real actors in his movies now. Like, I mean, not that like anyone else's, but like these are like stars, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're real stars. I mean, yeah. at this point, he's a superstar. I think director that yeah. people want to be involved with. It was supposed yeah. to. There were rumors it was going to premiere at Cannes. It did not. The rumor mm. was that it's a three-hour-long comedy horror, which who knows mm. what that means. Right. I wonder what he. I mean, he's added a little bit more comedy each time. I was gonna but say like, Midsommar also has a three-hour cut. That one does. That one is available. You can buy the director's cut is, of. I watched. I watched that in theaters. Yeah, I watched that in theaters. The three-hour. I thought it was. It was fine. I, I think it. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about, when we talk about Midsummer. Yeah, because I, I think that that's when, when we eventually get to Midsummer. I think we have to cover both versions. Is there anything else in particular you want to say about the movie? There's just like one small final touch that I want to touch on. That I yeah. think is like a brilliant. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just love this idea of um, this fatalism versus free will. It's something that I think about pretty frequently, like as a mental health clinician. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes to our instincts, our instincts and our our ability to like move through the world and generational trauma, and are we truly acting um, out of our own free will, or are we basing things based on our instincts? It's something I think about pretty frequently unless we're self-actualized can we truly have free will right and um the biggest thing is that this movie's so cool because she has this sleepwalking scenes tony collette has these sleepwalking scenes where she like um was trying to kill her uh, her son right mm-hmm. and and she and she's like and she's like i never wanted to have you right and mm-hmm. i tried i tried to i tried to like have a miscarriage nothing worked blah 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 and he's like, why? Why do you hate me? And she's like, no, I love you. I love you. I was trying to save you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, it lights on fire, and it's a dream sequence. But there's a part of her that recognizes this subconscious darkness mm-hmm. that's going on in the family. And she's trying to fight this, like, darkness in her subconscious, right? <laughs> like, that is so fucking cool. And if we move away from, like, the the, the metaphor of the hereditary you know, generational trauma, we move into, like, the the demon literal things, like, if there's, like, if there's a dark demonic, if, the, if demons exist in this world, there's a lightness in this world, too, right? It, it, there, if there's that dualism in this world, like, something is trying to stop this demon from happening, right? Like, there's this other force that's trying to stop, and that force isn't truly benevolent either like it's trying to kill a child through this woman's subconscious to try to like stop this so this world is just so dark right yeah (laughs) and so and then the other piece is just the the funeral scene and the group therapy and realizing that everything everything led to this moment where they were summoning payment right you see the symbol the the cult symbol on the pole Right where her head gets decapitated. Right, they they there's like slid under the door. There's there's like oh we're doing seances. Right, they try to get Tony Collette to go to these seances and it didn't work. So the cult had to find another way. So they just happened to meet each other at the craft store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And she brought her to the seance and talked about the seance and like they just threw everything was so fatalistic and this ritual was pushing them towards this end goal that sort of happened and there was this force at certain points that tried to stop it from happening the miscarriage the killing of the child right it's just there's so many layers to this movie we could talk about it forever so (laughs) but i think those are the pieces that really like that really stick with me and allow me to like talk about this movie and rewatch it and like want to show it to people because it's so human and deep and like Ari Aster just did such a good job of adding so much passion from different layers like the 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 trauma and the grief and the the magic and the ritual and like so many different layers to this movie He's so passionate about so many things and it just shows in this movie you know 
100%. I mean, the, yeah. the fact that it has that many layers is why, again, yeah. it is so rewatchable. And right. why, at the end of the day, I think that it, it is one of the top 20 horror movies of all time. It's, it, it is so interesting in how it, it just has this whole mythology, this whole world-building set up right. on so many levels. They could make 100 sequels to this movie, and I hope they never do. Yeah. Because no, no, don't touch it. Don't because touch because it. this is like the perfectly. <laughs> I think we will eventually get a Hereditary two in some way. Somebody's going to try to make it, but right yeah. now we don't need it. And no. to even attempt to approach this property, <laughs> don't do it. Leave it alone. <laughs> All right, cool. What, right, you, so, what was the point that you wanted to bring up? Oh, so the point that I want to bring up. So I had long struggled with the whole coughing bit that. Millie Shapiro is doing where she we think she's having a um, an allergic reaction to eating the nuts, yeah. or eating the cake, right? What I yeah. realized is it has nothing to do with the cake itself. The cake itself is probably fine. The yeah. thing is, is that these are a bunch of teenagers, and when we enter the party, we yeah. see somebody chopping up walnuts. Yeah. And then they use the same knife to cut the cake, and yeah. it is as simple as cross contamination. Sure. Something as simple as that is what yeah. causes the the trauma that follows. I think yeah. that's incredible. I think that yeah. that in its own right is like a small but really incredible touch. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, I love. Yeah, if you didn't add the like, you know, that that scene, it would have it would have changed the entire movie. That's true. Well, and I I had wondered for a while because later Alex Wolf starts coughing as well. I wonder yeah. if the coughing was more because the payment is entering your body versus yeah. having an allergic reaction. And right. it, it, again, the fact that this is all up for debate or can be read either direction right. says a lot. I also know all the random cult figures that are watching yes. each of the children from like a ways away. Like both, absolutely. like every time they show up, you're just like, wow, that's upsetting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's so many creepy moments in this movie that we could talk about, but we try to be concise on this podcast, and we're not doing that. But like, <laughs> but um, Ryan, it's your favorite movie biggest... of all time. I think we can be a little like verbose. I, I feel like the length is okay as long as we're on track, and I feel like we are gushing, and I think that's okay. Like, <laughs> all right. So before we jump into our personal awards, we do want to touch on one of the bigger awards bodies mm-hmm. that we like to acknowledge when they are available and that is the 2019 fangoria chainsaw awards uh ryan and i were looking over the nominees for this over that year gotta say this is like one of my favorite years of horror ever uh it's also the year in which mandy comes out in which halloween returns i think upgrade is a great movie that year quiet place mm-hmm. suspiria the ritual like ugh, mm-hmm. this is a loaded year and mm-hmm. hereditary absolutely cleaned up Tony Collette wins yeah. Best Actress, uh, yeah. which is not a, a small feat considering that Jamie Lee Curtis was, was available. Ah, yeah. And Emily yeah. Blunt was also available in that actress pool. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, best Director, Ari Aster. He takes that over Mandy's director and John Krasinski for A Quiet Place. It yeah. also got nominations. Oh, it also won Best Kill. It was the only nominee in the Best Kill section. They were like, nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> 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 I also love the way they phrased it. They said Charlie meets telephone pole. Like it's like this like fun little like <laughs> romance. Look at them. They're a little meet cute. Oh, <laughs> Charlie meets telephone pole. They had that one. My my best kill in that movie is where she is like cu- slowly cutting her head off with the telephone wire. Oh, then we're gonna have to get like, to the, we're gonna have to have that discussion when we get to our personal awards. Okay. Um, it also got nominated for best <laughs> score. It won best screenplay. It yeah. won Best Wide Release. It won Alex Wolf Best Supporting Actor. Uh, yeah. Millie Shapiro loses Best Supporting Actress, but uh, she loses it to Tilda Swinton, who plays, f- like, five characters in Suspiria. So I can't okay. <laughs> say I hate that. It cleans up. It wins so many awards. Yeah. It, it, I would say this is the ultimate... I would have to go back and double-check, but it seems like this has got to be maybe the most awards ever won by a film for the Chainsaw Awards. It's got to be wow. close. Yeah. It's got to be, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so let's go ahead and do our awards, and we're going to go ahead and lead off with Best Kill, because it seems like we have some debate here. So I I am of the opinion that the Millie Shapiro hitting the telephone pole is the best kill in the movie. Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, like, when it comes to kill, horror movie kill, like, that that was the kill that changed the movie, 
but like kill from like graphics and like what sticks in my mind and gives me that irky feeling the 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 point where you're just hearing like like yank 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 and then like he's getting like splattered with blood and he's looking up and his mother is like hanging in the air suspended Mm -hmm. like sawing her own head off with like that terror that yeah the piano wire like that terror is just so like palpable like that was so terrifying like i can't think of like anything that was like because you are attached to these characters. Like, this isn't a slasher. Like, you're attached to these characters. I think that's so a that for point. me. That, that for me was, like, montage scene. Like, okay. that kill is so deep for me. <laughs> All right. So I will give it to you. I, I will okay. concede on this one. However, okay. we obviously have another award, the Norman Bates moment of the movie, that has yeah. to go to Charlie's head getting plucked yeah. off by a telephone pole. Oh, yes. Yes. That is the moment that it changed the entire movie, for sure. <laughs> yep. All right. Our next award is the Marion Crane Gone Too Soon Award, uh, named for the character that's disappearance from the movie maybe occurred too early in the film. We obviously love the scene in Psycho, but, you know, sometimes we want characters to make it a little bit longer. Is there a yeah. character that fits the description in this movie? So we kind of we kind of were talking about them before the podcast, but, like, I think that, like, what I – if we were talking about – if there were to be a sequel – I want to learn more about this grandmother who caused her son to like starve themselves to death and or co- commit suicide and a husband who like starved themselves to death. Like who is this woman? What was this terror that she like invoked on this family, right? Like mm-hmm. so grandmother and then we talked about Charlie as well. Uh what do you think? You know, I like your idea of the grandmother for a bunch yeah. of reasons. If there sure. were to be like a prequel to this movie, that would be the way in which to see it. Kind of like yeah. how the movie X that's coming X. has a prequel on the way. I think that yeah. that is the way to approach this. Yeah. Because ultimately, there's not a character in this movie. like Because I think this movie is so immaculately constructed, I don't yeah. think anybody needs to last longer. There is a no. – the only other character that I can think of that maybe deserves a little bit more time is Gabriel Byrne, the dad. When he gets yeah. lit on fire – it's not even because of something he did. He's, like, just trying to help his wife and his son. And then she's like, she no, like, we're going to throw away this book, and she throws it away. It's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, she thinks it's going to kill her, and then boom, yeah, he I'm willing to die. <laughs> he, he's just, like, he's just, like, oh, I feel so bad for him. He's just, like, mm-hmm. dude, this is fucking crazy. Whatever, I'll throw it in there. And then all of a sudden, he, but that's, like, honestly, it never became real for him until he died, right? Yep. He's, like, this is all crazy. You're going crazy. If I have to throw this book in the fire, it's going to be over. And, like, he throws it in, and he catches on fire. Remember, he doesn't even throw and, it in. He thinks that she's so yeah. mentally broken that... Oh, yes. He's th- like, th- I'm not engaging in this insanity. Like, yes. that's right. <laughs> so so <laughs> she's she the one who throws, throws it in. in. Right, she throws it in ready for him to, like, be, you know, for her to be killed, right? Yep, and then and he lights on fire. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then... And then Oh, God, so many layers. In that moment, she, like, broke. And that's when, like, the demon or whatever possessed her. Yep. Because that was when she was finally broken from all the trauma. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's when we get the little light shot, which, by the way, is a very yeah. cool special effect. I think that your answer is still the right one. I would like to see more time with the grandmother. I think right. it would be an interesting story. But in the context yeah. of this movie, I think it goes to the dad. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, yeah, he doesn't do anything wrong. He's, like, married the wrong woman. No. No. Yeah. Like, he did not know he was marrying into a into a cult family. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree with that. All right. The Tom Savini best effect of the movie. Do you have anything that jumps out to you? The the, the crazy thing is it has nothing to do with kills, but just that, like, mm-hmm. that like the, the cinematography of like mm-hmm. you're in a dollhouse you're be- you're being controlled like this whole situation is like you know fatalistic like that cinematography for me kind of stands out what about you what do you think i think the the sequence that i personally am never able to get past is sure. when i see tony Collette's body floating through the sky oh yeah after she that takes her cool. head off yeah that or the effect of her crawling on the ceiling 
Those are both super fucking creepy. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, like, it, it really, most of the there's not a lot of effects in this movie. We did mention no. the little like demon the light, games. but yeah. I, oh, and the demon light. But 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 I do ultimately think that a lot of the best stuff happens in the last ten minutes of the movie in terms of effects. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, pretty much the whole movie is about family and grief, and then the last ten minutes, it's like, nope, this is fucking demons. Like, <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Where should we go with that award? I'm going to go ahead and, and stake my claim that it's got to be the wire work in the last ten minutes with Tony Collette. Wait, that was wire work? Yes, it was wire work. Oh, shit, that's awesome. I thought that was CGI. That's amazing. Uh, nope. I like, okay, that's easy. <laughs> All right. Okay, next one up is going to be the Steve Hadley Biggest Regret Award. I think we kind of have already landed on somebody for this, but do you have one? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, there, I, I think to, to go to not be just the dad, I think that the son, that's a huge regret, right? Like, yeah. being, getting high and taking and decapitating his sister, right? But I think, I think, I think the dad <laughs> has to win this one. He just... Wrong family, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can imagine there's like an entire other life that he like never has to worry about. This he's just a boring dad reading like newspapers. Yep. <laughs> All right, so yeah, yeah I think easy call there. The Kurt yeah. Vaughn most overconfident. Is there a character that's uh, most overconfident in this movie? I don't really think so. No, I think everyone's like broken. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. I would say probably. I mean. The cult is extremely confident, but they got their goal so overconfident? I don't think so. But I think Tony Collette, I think, is the only one that, like, comes close here. The mother, like, is like, no, we're, we're if you do this, if you do this, we'll be able to talk to Charlie. And, like, we'll, everything will be fine, and we'll be able to heal, and I'll be able to move on. And I think that she might be the only one that her overconfidence or her need to not be able to move on really is the is the winner here but i don't know do you have anyone else that you can think of so you guys spoke to something i do not think there's the most overconfident person in this movie if it i think maybe there's the most overconfident moment where tony collette when she goes home and she's like ready to do the seance with with the dad and the son to say charlie's here and then they do the seance and that's like they've finally let payment inside the house essentially (laughs) Sure, yeah. Maybe it's an overconfident moment, but then she immediately sure. realizes what she did is wrong and that the whole thing is yeah. unraveling even faster than she realized. Right. No, absolutely. And, and to go back to your point about the cult, they're not overconfident because, one, they succeed. Yeah. Two, <laughs> your point about they get exactly what they want. I, I love the end credit song, Both Sides Now. It's obviously the Joey yes. Mitchell song, but the, the version that they're playing is, if you see it, from the family's perspective, this is a horror movie. If you see it from the cult's <laughs> perspective, this was definitely yeah. like a great time for them. They they, yeah. they they accomplished their goals. Dude, the the song the song um what's it called in the in the I've been listening to the soundtrack. It's called Reborn. Mm-hmm. It's like this perfect song of like creepy and optimistic and hopeful and powerful. Like so perfect. Yeah. So go ahead. Let's go ahead and we'll give the the Kurt Vaughn. There's, I just don't think there's one here. I, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, Mandy Award. Is this their peak? Let's run through the list of people in the movie. Ari Aster, I think we kind of have to say right now it is, right? Or yeah. would you say that there's an argument to be had that Midsommar is a higher peak? No, I think he was riding on his coattails of Hereditary. I think Midsommar is a great movie. I love it. But mm-hmm. Hereditary is absolutely his peak right now, for yep. sure. Uh, Millie Shapiro is too young. We're not even going to bring it up for yeah, her because she's getting like two movies <laughs> yeah gabriel byrne the dad plays steve yeah. he i would say no he's the lead of the usual suspects in the 90s and that's like <laughs> an iconic yeah. movie alex wolf at this point i would say yes although i think he is yeah. very good in pig last year okay i think that we're still gonna see alex wolf's best in the future but oh, at yeah, the he's moment still, he's still young too yeah he yeah might but, be his peak right now uh, yeah and dowd frankly i don't know if this necessarily is her peak but Sure. It is part of her peak. Like yeah. she she she's been on the rise. When when you start to look at her like last five years, she's in this like dominant stretch of being yeah. in the leftovers, hereditary, sure. American animals, mass, mm-hmm. winning and winning Emmys for the handmaid's tale. Like she's like kind of like yeah. just in a sustained peak, but this is like part of that peak. Sure. Yeah. 
And then I think for a lot of the cast and crew at the moment, I think we're still in, yes, they are all kind of, this is the peak of the time, but we're still within five years of this movie occurring. Right. So Yeah, it's kind the, of super, it's almost like close to a new blood. <laughs> it's close, but not quite. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then last but not least, who won the movie? Well, wait, wait, are we going with um, Ariaster for um, the, the, the peak? The well, I, I, I would say, like, I think that it depends on the person. I would say for Ariaster, yes, it is his peak right now. Uh, and right. I would also say it's Tony Collette's peak as well. Uh, I yeah, think sure. getting that much acclaim, I think getting that much acclaim for this movie is ultimately something that is going to sustain her career for the next 10 years. I think that oh, she yeah. is already one of the great actresses of all time. She won Emmys sure. for United States of Terra. She's been nominated for Oscars yeah. before. Something we didn't bring up yeah. is that this is kind of like a weird spiritual sequel to The Sixth Sense. Where, uh, as the mom in The Sixth Sense, her son sees ghosts, yeah. and in this movie, yeah. she's the mother of children who are getting possessed by demons. It's, like, <laughs> kind of weird. Wow, interesting. But Another at the same time, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think that this brought so much acclaim and put her so firmly in the spotlight that yeah. I think this is, like, at bare minimum, it's a soft peak. I don't know if necessarily... People would say this is the movie that I don't know. I think that when she goes into the Actors Hall of Fame, if there was one, that it's gonna be her sure. face screaming, "I am your mother." Oh, right. Like that, yes, that, that, that is like the clip. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I think for this one, I'm gonna stick with Ari Aster though. For right now, it, yes, it's he's still young in his. Everyone is still young in their career right now because this movie is like amazing um mm-hmm. but i think for right now ariaster i think wins that mo- that that award i think that's fair i think that is fair and then i i would like yeah. to give like the soft shout out to tony collette is that her absolute yes like powerful like most powerful at this moment and and she's still yeah, popping yes. up in movies obviously every year now mm-hmm. like i mean she's also great yeah. out of boy she she she's such a good actress i'm just happy yeah. that people like acknowledge are acknowledging that as right Absolutely. now, she's currently like probably nominated for an Emmy for the Staircase again. Wow, awesome for yeah. How could she peak if she's still if she's winning like real awards? <laughs> like Here's the thing: she should have won an Oscar for this. It's yeah. just like I mean, like again, she won so many awards. It just so happened that the Oscars were the one group that were like, mm, we'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pass us on, dude. Where are we going? All right, so uh, we're down to who won the movie. Ariaster. Yeah, I think I think like, that Ariaster. <laughs> you know, I, again, I have trouble saying it's him over Tony Collette, but it is true right. that this is the thing that will write his checks for the next five, six oh, movies yeah. he wants to make. Is that Hereditary was such a big hit? Here's the other thing: is it is also the highest grossing movie, or was the highest grossing movie for A24 ever? Wow. Um, until until a few weeks ago. Yeah. It it. it, it, it Unlike Lady Bird, where they had to split the worldwide gross, and it, even so, yeah. Lady Bird did not make as much money as wow. Hereditary. Wow. They just got passed by Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is my favorite movie of Well, that movie, okay, okay. Yeah. but that movie's fantastic. So. Yes, but, but in fairness, Hereditary made, has made more money overseas than any A24 movie. Wow. At, th- at 37 million. Everything All at Once? Yeah, Everything Everywhere wow. All at Once has only made 19 million overseas. Because you, you think you think with the Chinese market, like that would be huge. Yeah, like, you, I would. Think, <laughs> it's possible it hasn't released in Asian countries yet. That might be uh, a okay, problem. Okay. But sure. But yeah. also, they have their own movies. Yeah. And China, <laughs> China in specific, China specifically has like rules on how many American titles they'll play a year. And I'm assuming those are getting bought up by blockbusters, like yeah, the, the, those true, spots. True. So yeah. Um, but Hereditary did play overseas extremely well. Yeah, the most by, I mean, it it, bar- it passed Moonlight by like thirty thousand dollars overseas. Wow! And, oh my uh, gosh! But it made significantly more than Moonlight in America. Yeah. Mhm. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So Ari Aster. Yep. And that is all we have today for Hereditary. We may do another podcast down the road about it again because we love it so much. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> It's just more gushing. We'll just like talk about it for like yeah. an hour. Just be like, we'll do a commentary. We'll do like a live watch along. Yeah. Oh, live watch would be so fun. Oh my god, I'd love that. All right. Uh, if you guys want to hit us up, you can hit us up at WeBottomLogMedia at gmail You can get me at, at the Alan French on Twitter and on Letterbox. 
Uh, Ryan, what are your Twitter handles? Yeah, my Twitter handle is Keep It Spooky. I want to make sure I get it right. 09 on Twitter, so you can hit me up there. Um, I'm not super active, but I try to be. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can also hit us up at Bella Lugosi Pod on Twitter as well. Uh, if you guys have any other questions for us, we'd love to hear them. If you guys have any movie recommendations, we want to serve every master we can. We want to hear what you guys want to see. So hit us up. And with yeah, that, absolutely. I'm AJ. And I'm Ryan. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye.